Hi, welcome back to the Monolith Diaries. This is your host, Amy, and this is episode seven. This week, I interview my all-time favorite makeup artist, Mimi Choi. She is a Chinese-American immigrant and the pioneer of illusion makeup. And also, just to let you know, friends, there will be no story time this week, so make sure to tune in next Friday to catch up with what's going on in my life. But in the meantime, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. I am fangirling a little bit over here as I introduce our guest Mimi Choi. Thank you so much for honoring me with your presence. I am just ready to like bow down to you because I'm such a huge fan. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. You're too kind. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. How are you doing? Really good. Good. Um, Just, you know, uh, very excited to share with you and, and to have this moment with you. I'm so excited to chat with you and can't wait to hear more about your story. Um, so I wanted to start out by telling you actually that I started a beauty and makeup platform this last summer. And oh. one of the first artists that I came across on Instagram was you. And oh, wow. yeah, one of my favorite looks that you've ever done is the the hole in the face look. Oh, still hurts my brain to think about it. I don't know how you come up with these things. Absolutely insane. But I'm just so blown away by your talent and think you're so insanely creative. I've never seen makeup applied like that before. And I think when people think of makeup, they immediately think of the superficial, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's so much more than that. And this is why I love what you represent. And I read once that you said that makeup um, is more than just beauty. What, What did you, what did you mean by that? And what does, what does makeup mean to you? Makeup is just a medium for me to uh, express myself. Um, you know, when I first started uh, makeup artistry, um, of course, like I, I was doing like bridal and glam and the superficial, and I still love that. But um, I realized that if people can use paints, colors to draw on a piece of white paper or paint on a canvas that's completely blank and make something look really 3D, you can use the face, the body, any part of yourself as a canvas too, is the same thing. And makeup to me is, um, you know, a way to empower, to express, to transform, to um, allow yourself to express whatever way you want to. And um, it's my way to express my fears sometimes to conquer my fears, because a lot of my work um, has been inspired by my sleep paralysis, yeah. by my fears, my childhood and everything. So um, a lot of times I feel like um, not, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Sometimes we have feelings that we can't really express in words that makeup is my way to express it. And sometimes people interpret it a different way um, depending on their experience. But I love using makeup as, as my vessel, my, at my way to, yeah. to, to tell my story. Have you always been creative or had this creative side to you? Um, To be honest, I didn't really know that I could be this type of creative um, uh, till, you know, seven years ago when I started makeup, uh, my makeup journey, I was a preschool teacher before, Mm -hmm. but I've I've always been told that I've been creative. Like when I was little, I remember I would um, like art classes, craft classes, um, teachers would always display my work. I, uh, you know, I, in my free time, you know, like in, I, I grew up in Asia, so it was very academic based. And whenever I had free time on Sundays, a drawing would always be my thing. And when my parents took me to dim sum, I would always bring out my little notepad, <laughs> my color crayons and, yeah. and like draw and stuff like that. So I knew that there was a creative side in me and I loved that. But you know, as coming from a traditional Asian family, it was also hard for me 
to express that I wanted to be an artist, right? I didn't even know that I wanted to be, like, I know that makes me happy, but I kind of wanted to follow a path that I think my family would, would want me to. So that's why it was not an option until seven years ago. I, 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 you know, took a leap of faith and changed my career and it changed my life completely. So how did you break that news to your parents and how did they, how did they take it? <laughs> uh, actually, my mom was the one who prompted me to take this path. It's incredible. Yeah, because yeah, I, I think a lot of us growing up, we assume what our parents want us to do. We think following a certain traditional path, um, safe path is what our parents want. And maybe that's what they wanted because they didn't know better, right? But my parents knew that I wasn't happy being a preschool teacher. I still love children, but I was always stressed out. And when I went home from work and I was stressed, I would always paint little details on my nails, like almost do illusion nails or like draw little details as a way to relieve my stress. Yeah. And one night, my, yeah, like my mom just came into my room one day. She's like, do you think you're going to be happy being a preschool teacher for the rest of your life? And that made me think, I was like, whoa, like, you're right. Like, I think I'm going to be okay, but I don't think I'm going to be 100% happy. And I thought that was okay. And mom's like, that's not the way to live. Maybe you should take a year off to explore other options to, um, you know, maybe go to fine art school and learn something new and see if you're happier. And that's when my mom suggested, what about makeup? Because I always like doing makeup on myself on weekends and people would always ask me, can you do my makeup for my wedding and um, like grad and stuff like that? And it's, it always shocked me because I had no professional training. I'm like, are you sure you trust me on your wedding? <laughs> and I've done actually bridal makeup before. My mom said, maybe makeup school. And that's why I Googled makeup school and Vancouver makeup school, Blanche Madonna popped up and I took a tour and I was just like, I loved it. And I quit my job and joined the school in three days at age 28. It wow. was so scary but it was totally worth it. I feel like I must be protected and guided by angels around me to be on this path where everything just happened so quickly. And I took this leap of faith and my life completely changed 360 degree. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot. You sound like such a risk taker in that sense, you know, I in mean, you sense. really, <laughs> you really did take a leap of faith. Um, it's, it's interesting. Our, stories are a little bit parallel, but not in the same sense. I actually, when I was in my mid twenties, I switched my career path completely as well. I went to, yeah. I went to culinary school and did that whole thing. And it was the best um, change of my entire life. So I totally, I totally get that, but it is, it's so scary, especially when you're used to doing something. And then at the age of how old were you? 27, 28, 28. That's yeah. Leap into something totally new. Yeah. But that's, that's incredible. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. So I wanted to get into your your backstory, mm -hmm. your origin story. Mm -hmm. um, tell me a little bit about life growing up in in Macau. That's where you grew mm -hmm. up. Yeah, um, I was born in Macau, mm -hmm. and as I kind of mentioned, um, it was very academic focused. Um, I remember uh, my mom um, quit her stressful job when I was around four or five, and then she became like a full time housewife and she would um, like take me to school and tutor me and stuff like that and then in grade one that's when I start ranking first for no reason wow. I think it's because yeah. my mom just paid a lot of attention to me and at that point it was just like I was more of a focused child and whatever she taught me I, I absorbed and that gave me a lot of pressure I remember as a child I was like oh my god like I was ranked first and 
each semester, I just wanted to maintain that and keep, or um, like, I don't want to fall behind. So for every um, like grade, I, I, I was working always really hard and memorizing a lot of things. I felt like I didn't really learn a lot other than self-discipline and, um, yeah. and just uh, memorizing things. So a lot of my childhood was in Macau was um, about studying. And I didn't really have a lot of playtime with my friends and stuff like that. But I did have a really, really close-knit family. And I spent a lot of time with my grandparents, my cousins um, on weekends. But um, in general, my childhood was a lot about school and studying. Very school-focused. Yes, yeah. yes. Do you have any siblings or are you an only child? I am the only child. How no was siblings. that? For you? Uh, yeah. you know, I always envy children with you know, siblings, but I also, I kind of enjoy my solitude, you know, like my, my time totally. alone. And as I said, I love drawing when I were, and whenever I have free time, it's my time to kind of like express myself through art. And um, so I didn't really mind it, but, you know, I always pictured myself, you know, oh, what, 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 it would, uh, what it would be like if I have a little brother or sister. And totally. I would always ask my parents, but I'm the only child. Yeah. Nice. You know, pretty much uh, because I was, I guess I'm a very competitive person. I don't yeah. think I'm, I'm particularly good in math or sciences or anything, but because my parents, my mom uh, focused so much on, on making sure that I do well in school and she pretty much gave a hundred percent focus on me. So I didn't want to disappoint her. So I like throughout my whole elementary school years in, uh, in Macau, I excelled in everything. Like I remember I, I, I got close to a hundred percent for every semester and that gave me a lot of pressure to the till the end maybe um in grade six that's why my parents decided to immigrate to Vancouver because they were talking among themselves it's like if Mimi keeps putting that pressure on herself <laughs> as a child she might go yeah. crazy because yeah. I I didn't really have a lot of play time and my parents are starting to get worried and I understand like even though they knew that it was not a healthy system for me they also felt the pressure to be parent uh, to be the type of Asian parents there to push their child because everyone's pushing their child. And like, they always put, you know, children um, in tutor schools or, um, uh, you know, after school, uh, you know, uh, classes. And, you know, a lot of children were suffering from a lot of stress. And mm -hmm. that's why when I came to North America, to Canada, I was very surprised that all my friends would like after school, they wouldn't study. They would just go to another friend's house and play. And that was so new for me. And I'm very glad that my parents um, decided to move out of Macau to give me kind of like a different type of childhood, even though I did totally benefit from um, a lot of aspects in, in Macau where I learned to uh, be more self-disciplined and to uh, follow a certain schedule and stuff like that. But like being in Vancouver also allowed me to, um, to, to be more expressive as a child because I was really shy when I was growing up in Macau. Yeah. And I mean, those years are, are so important in, yeah. in, a, in a woman's life too, you yes, know, starting yes. at 11. And yeah, did, when you, when you moved to Canada, did you, did you ever experience any discrimination or racism? Just remember when I first came to Canada, first year, especially because I came from a Portuguese English school. Um, um, my, my grammar and everything was, was okay. It was good. And I took ESL kind of test and I realized that I didn't actually have to go into ESL class. 
I can go straight into regular classes. And I still remember a lot of children would kind of question, oh, she's Asian. She came from like Macau, Hong Kong. How come like, and my English wasn't perfect, but like I, I, but I still passed the test and my English was good enough to be in a regular class. But people always question me, like, why am I so weird? Like, you know, I came from mm. Macau and like, I didn't have to take this extra um, English uh, lessons and stuff like that. And I still remember the first few weeks was, was a little awkward. I feel like people were judging me kind of like um, I dressed differently because I wasn't like I was I'm from a different place. Yeah. And uh, so that was a little bit awkward, like the judgment from children. But later on, like after a few weeks, I got accepted, but mostly by a Asian children. I remember I was more grouped with the Asian children and was friends with most of the Asian Hong Kong children. And, um, but that was a little bit awkward. I remember, but coming into uh, moving to um, like universal uh, UBC area where my parents live right now, the school that I went to in the high school was more multi multicultural. There's um, not um, like in the elementary school that I went to, it was a lot of them were Asian children, but the, the high school that I went to, it was a lot of mixed cultures. So when I went there, I made friends with different cultures and I felt like I didn't feel that discomfort anymore. Like children were more accepting of uh, how different I am. That's awesome. So you had a, you say you had a, you had a pretty positive uh, high school experience. In yeah. Terms of that. yeah. Yeah. Like even elementary school, I mean, it's just a little bit of discomfort, but I never sure. really felt like people were against me because of my, 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 my background. Yeah. Yes. You were never bullied because of it or anything. No, like that. no. Yeah. No. Good. Good. Awesome. Um, I want to switch gears just a little bit and talk about the sleep paralysis. Yeah. Very interested in learning more about that. Um, how long have you had it your whole life? And do you also dream vividly? I know that you have images when you're in sleep paralysis, but can you explain a little bit more? Yeah, um, I've had it since um, I was maybe three or four when I started remembering things. And it's always been part of my life, but I didn't know that it was not common until a few years ago when I started doing makeup. My parents have it. My mom, especially, oh, wow. she has it. And she would always tell me, oh, you know, um, she, she's a very su superstitious lady. She like, yeah, gonna oh, ask no. you that. yeah, she's like, just flip your slippers around and <laughs> like, it's like a friendly ghost. And that didn't help me as a child. Yeah. That's why I never, I was always kind of a night owl. I didn't like sleeping, falling asleep because I was afraid of falling asleep because of the things I saw. And, um, it's not until later on, you know, um, especially when I start makeup that I use those things that I see, the visions that I see in my sleep, hallucinations, um, as my source of inspiration. For example, I would see people chopped up, people coming at me as one person and splitting into 10, coming back Crazy. into one. Yeah. And, you know, the hole in the face, I've seen that yeah. multiple times. Um, and spiders crawling all over the wall. And I start drawing spiders on the face. That's kind of like my way to conquer that fear. And I realized when I paint them, I don't dream about them anymore. So makeup is kind of like a way to heal me, to cure me. And um, from that, I realized that maybe a lot of negative things in my life, obstacles in my life are just sources of inspiration and motivation for me to, uh, to improve myself. They're not actually, it's 
however we view things, right? Even the sleep paralysis, when I was young, I thought that it was a hindrance, something that hinders my life, but it's not. It gives me a source of inspiration that to create art that nobody's seen me for because it's from my head. So it's a good thing. It's a blessing in disguise. Yeah, I think that's such an incredible outlook and perspective to have. Um, so I know that you don't really look at other makeup artists work um, because you like to... I try not to. I mean, yeah, you try a, not. I, I, mean, I mean, of course you do. Yeah, you're yeah, I yeah, do. Definitely. I don't like to take elements, try not to take elements from mm-hmm. other people's amazing work because that that stunts me from my creativity. Yeah, definitely. Do you also do you also dream about food as well? Because I know you do a lot of illusion work with different food elements, which I think is super cool. Um, <laughs> food is not something I dream about. Food is something I love eating. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why I like to take inspiration from everything around me. And food is such a big part of my life. My husband and I, we travel the world to teach classes and stuff like that. We're, we're doing business together. So food is always kind of like something that inspires us in our travels. And um, it always inspires me to do makeup too, because, um, you know, food is so beautiful, the colors and everything. And it's, I like to incorporate humor in my work as well. I like to, sometimes I do a a lot of emotional pieces that comes from my feelings, but food is just something fun and um, light and positive and funny that when people see it, it makes them laugh or it makes them think children love seeing it. So I like to use my art to uplift people as well. And I think food is a a way to, to just make this world uh, like a lighter place, especially during this time pandemic everyone's really stressed and sometimes when I paint things that is that doesn't really have much of a meaning it's just funny um like a food illusion it just makes everyone happy and laugh right definitely yeah that's so cool that's so cool can you tell me maybe one of your scariest or most troubling images that you've seen when you're in a in a state of paralysis um the most troubling one for me um Maybe when I describe it, it might not be so scary to you guys, but to me, the feeling is really scary. It's when it's just a cloud of darkness. Um, it's like a, in a shape of a person, a tall man, but I don't see any features. But that cloud would wrap around my neck or my body. I can feel it around me or the person coming into bed with me, beside me. Oh, wow. Slash, I feel the weight but I don't see the person mm-hmm. that's really scary because it's like that fear of a known, like what's going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. Am I going to be kicked out of bed? Is that person going to sit on me? Like, it's just that, that really, really the fear of a known. And yeah. um, I, I used to actually dream and hallucinate about that feeling a lot. And um, lately it has disappeared. Like I'm very grateful for that, but uh, that has always been something that really scared me in the past. Have you done looks um, inspired by that? Um, In a way, um, not directly inspired, but I have incorporated that kind of element, kind of smokiness. Like I've done fire illusions where I'm Mm -hmm. burning and stuff like that. That kind of, I I channel that kind of fear into that. Um, Sometimes a lot of the things that I see in my visions, they're not, I don't paint something that is exactly what I see. I I take a feeling. Mm-hmm. And I take that and incorporate in, into other elements and then form a look like that. And a lot of my looks are very spontaneous. So um, I take feelings from like and mental images and visions, and I actually incorporate it to current feelings 
the day when I'm painting, there's different feelings. So I'm sure if I paint something that I visualize on a different day, it would come out sure. differently. Yeah, because I don't draw anything out. A lot of things, oh, wow. I yeah. just mentally visualize and I paint directly on the skin and change according to my feeling or the music that I'm listening to um, at that moment. So, uh, so it's all a lot of mixing and matching. It's like it's it depends on the day. Yeah, it's so crazy. I love it. Thank you. Um, I, I want to get into more of the make it, makeup, the illusion work, stuff like that. I'm wondering, how did you view makeup when you were younger, when you were a child? And how did you view your self-image in relation to beauty and makeup? Makeup when I was a child, uh, before being exposed to creative makeup um, in school, because I did go to Black McDonald's for fundamentals of makeup. Mm-hmm. Makeup to me was, I would see my mom putting makeup on. And even though she had no training, she was pretty good at it like putting like lip, red lipstick and a little bit of mascara, I would always be mesmerized as a child growing up. And 90s makeup, you know, was yeah. it's always something that, like even now when I look at it, I'm like, it's a, the decade that I'm really inspired by. Maybe it's because that was the decade when my mom put the most makeup on. <laughs> and yeah, um, the lip liner, the red lips, you know, um, like uh, the full brows and stuff like that. And um, I love that era. And um, to me, when I was younger, it's more of a beauty superficial thing, I guess. But I remember my mom is very fashion oriented and um, she would always buy fashion magazines and I would see runway makeup where it's more creative and I would always be very inspired. I always knew that makeup is so much beyond beauty, but I also did not know how it could be more creative than just fashion makeup until, you know, um, you know, seven years ago when I started exploring makeup artistry and going to school and realized yeah. that makeup is so much more than just yeah, beauty. Definitely. What, um, what's one of your most memorable or favorite moments from, from school going to, going to Blanchard McDonald makeup artistry um, school? Um, being embraced completely for myself. Like yeah. I really feel like I didn't have to hide any parts of myself. Like as a preschool teacher, I remember, um, I had to dress a certain way that I didn't wear a lot of makeup and if I curl my hair children would stare at it or like in on the weekends when parents saw me on the street with more makeup they were like oh my god teacher Mimi looks like this in real life where I was just like how come I can't be a hundred percent Mimi how come I can't have to be teacher Mimi and then weekend Mimi Mm -hmm. I want to be just a whole Mimi but going to Blanche the most amazing thing was I could dress however I want I could wear whatever makeup I want and be complete myself and be embraced and loved for who I am. I don't have to have different versions of myself. I have just, I can have one big version of many different alter egos and be loved for all alter egos. And I love that. And um, this is the most amazing thing about my makeup journey too, because I feel like each day I can be a different version of myself. And um, I don't have to stick to one side. I think a lot of us has different personalities. Sometimes I feel more fear. Sometimes I feel more emotional. Sometimes I feel more silly. And I could be all of that. And that's just one big Mimi. And I love that. Wow. I love that too. That's so amazing. Uh, it's so great to talk to you. I'm just getting so excited. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I love hearing your whole story. Um, I'm wondering how, how long does it take you to do a look? What, how long has it taken you to do your longest look? And what is your favorite look that you've ever done? 
Um, well, I mean, my looks take anywhere from two hours up to 10 hours, you know, really hard to say. Um, it depends on my energy level and my mood as well. Sometimes I like to take my time just because, um, I like to take naps in between, but sometimes yeah. if I had a lot of coffee, I could do a lot quicker. And, um, so it really depends on the intricacy of the look and the type of look, because I paint not only on the face, on arms and mm-hmm. body parts and stuff like that, depending on the day. And um, so it really depends. My most favorite look, it's really hard to say every, I've done so many looks. If yep. you go on my Instagram, I have like 4,000 something posts. Yep. And I think 80% of them are my makeup. So it's really hard for me to say which one is my favorite. Of course. Um, but um, like- Is there one that the means balance? the most to you? That's- um, you know, there's quite a few, you know, I did one that is inspired by my childhood, um, inspired by my memories with my grandpa. And it's like this green face with a lady um, inspired by almost, you know, Shanghai posters from um, back in, you know, the 1800s, 1900s, you know, when people uh, would make these posters to um, advertise um, cosmetics, perfumes, that kind of stuff. I was inspired by, by posters and artwork from my grandparents' house, my grandpa's house. And I've had a lot of wonderful memories of my grandpa and he passed away a few years ago and he really Mm. inspires me to continue my journey because he was a writer. He's a very creative and artist as well. And he also, um, you know, dedicated his whole life um, uh, to his passion, his writing, his newspaper uh, company and everything. And, and so I channeled a lot of my memories and my, my love for him in that artwork. And that's why it's one of my favorite. I also really loved um, a, a, a look that I did a long, long time ago, a shelf look where I, I made different yes. shelves on the face yes. and I put different objects I love that, that, I love that mm-hmm. mean a lot to me in my face. And that was meaningful to me. And um, how long did that look take you to, to finish? The shelf that one. took maybe six hours. Um, but, you know, a lot of my looks, you know, a lot of my recent work, I really enjoy doing too, because I feel like this pandemic, even though a lot of people, you know, we, we are stressed out by the, about this pandemic, but one of the upsides about this pandemic is it allows me, um, gives me a lot of time and space for me to grow and evolve and try different concepts too. So a lot of the recent looks, past looks that I've done in the past year, um, I've really enjoyed and mean a lot to me just because I I had um, the time, all the time and space that I needed yeah. to express the way I wanted. So every artwork that I produced meant something and was more powerful in that sense because it was just, I let myself go without any restriction. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was actually going to ask you how the pandemic has has affected your, yeah. your artistry and your career and everything like it's that. It's great in a sense, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, as I said, um, it has given me a lot more time um, to to evolve and grow as an artist, and I have feel like my skills and my energy level and my patience has improved a great deal um, due to this pandemic uh, because we used to travel so much, like. Yeah. Um, before this pandemic, we were, we were traveling almost every month. Actually, every month, like sometimes a few times per month. And wow. it, sometimes it would be like just three, four days in between each trip. And I mm. would try to use one day to paint. And I would rush it because I know I have to pack. I have, there's so many different things that I need to do to prep for the next job, the next trip. 
So I was always in a rush. And that's why I felt like my artwork didn't come out sometimes as I wanted, just because of that urge that I need totally to finish it that. within yeah. six hours or something yeah. like that. Um, so this pandemic has actually allowed me to grow. And because I'm lucky, I'm so lucky that I'm able to paint on myself. So a lot of the work and contracts that came through during the pandemic um, is um, I got a lot of online campaigns, the collaborations, mm-hmm. which is also, you know, paid work or um, master classes that I teach online. So the pandemic actually didn't really affect us negatively in that sense, that the only difference is I'm working more at home now. Yeah. Um, I, we miss traveling a lot, but sure. um, uh, I'm still working and I love that. Yeah. It's given you a moment to kind of breathe. And, yes. Yeah. And that's kind awesome. of change up my routine. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. I wanted to, um, we're going to wrap things up here in just a yeah. minute, but I did want to ask you, um, what would you recommend for someone interested in getting into special effects or illusion makeup? Um, what would you recommend for them to get started in, in dabbling in that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, try different types of makeup, categories of makeup. There's so many different styles of makeup. You might think that you're interested in illusion makeup, creative makeup, but I would suggest that starting out, try different things. Try beauty, makeup, bridal, fashion, volunteering, different type of uh, shadowing other artists that you admire. Then try to find something that truly makes you happy. Don't look at other people's path and be like, I want to be like her. Right. Try to be more like yourself. Mm-hmm. Try to find what makes you happy. That's the most important thing. I see a lot of my students, sometimes they're so focused on following other people's path that they see other people being successful. I don't want to be just like her. Then you lose yourself. And the way to be successful from how I see it, the reason why my career was able to rise that quickly was because I ignored what the, what the trends were. I knew what the trends were when I first started seven years ago. Nobody was doing illusion makeup. People have been doing illusion body art and stuff like that, but painting illusions, surreal illusions on the face was not something common at all. It was not seen. Nobody knew what it was. And I remember when I first started doing it, people were always like, how are you going to make money? I'm like, I don't know. It was just something that makes me happy. I was making money through doing, um, I was, I was working at Chanel. I was selling makeup products, doing beauty clients, you know, bridal work and fashion work. That was how I made money. But doing illusion work, exploring this creative side was something that I just started posting on Instagram and exploring on myself, on my own, just because it's something that truly made me happy. I didn't care about what other people thought, but I opened a genre that didn't exist just because I ignored the trends out there and followed my own calling and my Mm -hmm. path. And then then I become a pioneer of something, which I feel like a lot of people have that in them, but they're afraid. Every yeah. one of us have that um, uniqueness to start something new, but we're always afraid to start our own path. We just follow other people. It's just like, oh, because I see that being successful, then that should work for me. But no, try to be more like yourself instead of trying to be a more like other people and, and create a path for your own and be authentic. Always be yes. authentic. That's what and I was just going to say. Yeah, authenticity. Be authentic and yeah. step out of your comfort zone. Try things that scare you. You never mm-hmm. know until you try. A exactly. lot of the looks that went viral and jump started. Oh, sorry. You're totally fine. I think somebody is calling me. I'm going to just decline. Oh, all good. 
Are we good? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, yes, we're good. Yes, yes. But um, yeah, what? Well, uh, yeah, just step out of your comfort zone. Try mm-hmm. things that scare you. And um, like when I the first looks that I did that went viral, that jump started my career, were looks that I wasn't sure of, but I still posted right away. And I remember I would post at four in the morning, the wrong time. <laughs> for totally, any yeah. makeup artist trying to grow their Instagram. <laughs> yes. But actually posting spontaneously for me, I'm very, very impulsive when it, t- um, when it comes to posting. I do something, I post it right away. That's like, me that's too. What, I still do it. I still yeah. do it now. And that attracted a lot of following from Europe, from other parts of the world. Exactly. That gave yeah. me jobs, overseas that's funny. jobs. Yeah. And ironically, like, I yeah. never follow rules. People are like, that's a bad time to post. I'm like, who cares? I think that's such great advice. Yeah. You don't have to, there are no rules. So we have to follow any rules. rules. Yeah. I love that. True to myself, what I, my heart wants has opened up this new path that people were like, oh my God, like how did it come, come like so quickly? Everything is because I was true to myself and everyone has that in them, but just don't be scared and listen to your heart and Mm -hmm. then you'll find the guidance that you need. Yeah, definitely. Wow. This has been so special. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. And um, I think you're such an incredible person and I'm so excited to see your new projects coming up in the future and what you do with your face and the illusions. Um, Before I let you go, I'd love to know what you're most excited about coming up either in your personal life or career life. Um, Yeah. Yeah. um, Well, I I'm very spontaneous with my art and even my, my career. I know that I'm going to probably start traveling very soon to teach online classes. So um, I would like people to, you know, um, if they want to learn from me virtually or um, like in real life, um, you know, always see my updates in my bio. I always list out the classes that um, I'll be teaching in the future, the places that I'll be traveling to. And I love meeting people from all over the world. And um, I'm looking forward to creating new projects doing looks that, um, again, nobody's ever seen before. I'm constantly evolving and maybe in the future, create my own products, maybe, (laughs) maybe like a YouTube channel or something like that. I never know. I never know. And, um, that's why stay tuned, um, to my updates on my Instagram. I share everything there and, um, I wish I will kind of grow, um, and share with all of you. And I'm very excited to, um, to be embraced by, uh, what I love and that the world actually embraces me for for who I am and I'm just always I tell everyone that I'm so blessed and grateful that I can do what I love as my career and I don't think that everyone in this world has the privilege to do that sometimes it's because of fear because of circumstances that they're put in their life but um, I just hope that everyone is able to give themselves a chance to explore what truly make them happy I love that. Thank you so much, Mimi. It was so nice to speak with you. And thank you for coming on the Monoline Diaries. I'm your host, Amy, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks, Mimi. Thank you, Amy. Bye. Bye.